This is Getting Past Subtitles. My name is Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And welcome to week number two of our gangster series, where it's hard and tough out here in the streets, you yeah. know? <laughs> so last week, we watched Sonatine. Yes. A uh, 1993, I think so, right? Yep. By uh, Takashi. Pretty interesting pick. I quite liked it. And now we are flipping the script with Lee's pick, something that I haven't seen, and it pointed out. So you'll be your guide today. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we watched A Bittersweet Life by uh, Kim Ji-woon, made in 2005. He is also a Pass the Subtitles veteran. You may know him from The Good, Bad, and The Weird. Yes. Maybe a couple of the a couple other of his works that we haven't really seen. Interesting when I saw that he made that and then watching this. Pretty dynamic, tonally. I think he has, um, and I was looking at his filmography, lots of different works as well. So it's it's interesting because it's it's different, right, tonally. Right. But there are some similarities too, if you like think about it. Maybe. We can, we can talk about it. We later. can talk about that. Yeah. But like my first impression is, it's like he knows that like they're very different movies on like I yes. think he's he just plays to like what it is like yeah. I would probably have to see at least one or two more of the films to like point out his style per se but as of now I couldn't tell you mm. like what the connections are so but yeah so this is your pick why don't you tell us about your kind of experience with this movie why you picked it let's see um I think I watched it when I was in my formative years of, of uh, you know. In the good old days. Yes, while I was uh, growing up, I think I watched this movie and I think that it had a profound impact in my uh, film viewing, you know, life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very interesting film in the sense that um, it was very violent and gruesome. And I think that had a very big like you know impact on me when i was younger because i'm like wow this is for a 12 year old yeah like like, for a pretty young kid like watching this is like oh wow this is pretty brutal um but also there was a sense of innocence and sense of like calm almost in the film that i found to be very like attractive as i was watching it it was very um like alluring for me sure as i was watching it especially in the beginning you know, when the tree is like swaying and then at the end it's kind of the same thing mirror it mirrors that and it kind of ends with uh, his his monologue main character's monologue and i think that kind of had an you know interesting effect on the way that i uh, viewed the movie um not just as something um just like very one-dimensional but a little more deeper and i think that's when i kind of started to think about films a little bit more deeper too you know not just this film obviously but just seeing this film and kind of seeing the levels that it has and kind of um appreciating that for what it is Mm. my first impression after watching this movie i didn't like it (laughs) actually yeah i it's a little like it's a little on the long side not even in runtime, but it did feel a little draggy at points. Yeah. Um, I think overall, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but if I could put it in a sentence, like, I think it's a movie without, like, substance. 
mm. even though sometimes I think it tries to have substance. Like it tries to be a little deeper and a little misweighed rather than being upfront. But I don't think to its advantage. Okay. In my in my opinion. But um what exactly was this movie about, bro? Main character is a gangster and he's working for this uh boss, right? And he's works at a hotel and he he's basically the what do you call it? The Enforcer. Enforcer, yeah. He's the enforcer. He um makes every, sure everything happens and makes sure that everything goes his way. The boss's way. And he's kind of like the right hand man of the boss, so he kind of takes care of all the important jobs that the boss kind of has and one day the boss tells him, you know, he has this job. He he's gonna go to Shanghai, but he needs him to take care of this job where it's basically observing this girl who the boss is basically um in love with and watching her and making sure that, you know, she doesn't do anything or like she uh doesn't have a boyfriend because she he, the the boss suspects that uh she has a boyfriend. Right. And so uh yeah, while he's doing that, he basically falls in love with the girl and his uh, heart gets swayed because at eventually the boyfriend and the girl they're together and then you know he break, basically breaks the party right and then he is supposed to tell the boss you know what happened and you know take care of it but he decides not to tell the boss instead and tries to be hush hush about it mm-hmm. and instead let her go because he has feelings for her obviously but then you know the boss catches wind of that and he is basically taken on a roller coaster of doom of basically doom. <laughs> yeah <laughs> gets captured by one of the other opposing gangster members and then the boss takes him from those um gangsters and he meets out um his own type of uh justice against him and he right. breaks his finger and then he buries him alive and then he tries to give him another chance but then um at that point the main character he is just just so uh, you know done with it and he goes ham on everybody and then he looks for a way to find a gun and then he uh, goes on a revenge uh, mur- murder spree basically basically to the top of the hotel and it ends with him reminiscing about the girl and then yeah it's basically it yeah yeah a little convoluted <laughs> a little not really it's like it's weird that it I mean you can break it down to like the first part he's given the task to watch over his mistress mm-hmm. anyway yeah. right and then make sure that I mean he like I said he kind of suspects suspects that she's having an affair but doesn't want them to fall into like full adultery yeah and then basically in the act if he catches them to kill them both <laughs> yeah and well, that does. Well, he didn't like specify. He just said, "But take care of it." So it's like, but you know, know like the reason, something. <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't make the call because obviously it'd been like, you know what to do. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. He feed him exactly. some fishes, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so when it came down to him, anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> so that all happened. So that's like the first part up until like it happens, and then he obviously has some kind of feelings for, her and then decides to let him go and kind of. Yeah, at a clean slate. And then, like, simultaneously, because clearly the movie is, like, doing that and then trying to do this subplot at the same time that ends up taking over for the second part, which is 
the revenge kind of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But clearly, like, even as an audience, and Sun Wu is uh, distracted more with uh, Hisu for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so, like, once, so basically, like, the other half is that, like, in the beginning, right, he beat up these three guys, I guess, who were, like, I don't know, accused for harassment or just causing trouble at the hotel. And then those three guys were part of this other gang. And then the other gang leader, um, I think, like, President Beck, Buck. Yeah. And um, basically, all he wanted was an apology from Sun Wu. But Sun Wu was like, nah, fam. And went about his business. And essentially, just caught up to him until they kidnapped him, right? Because he even was like, hey, like, given a statement of apology or, like, basically a death threat. Yeah. And so, after all that happens, he gets caught. And then he almost dies, like, they capture him, and then they're going to chop him up to pieces. And then he gets, like, quote-unquote, saved by his boss. Yeah. Um, in which it turns out that, you know, he found out everything, and he was like, why'd you do it? Like, why'd you back out of your word or whatever? And then he's given, like, all these chances, and then before he dies, you know, like I said, he escapes, and then he goes on this revenge mission against everybody and his boss for basically torturing him and capturing yeah. him and all that for what he did. So, I don't know, it's, it's like, it's weird for me that it took so long for, like, the movie to get to its point, you know? Like, to, to have a clear, like, okay, where are we going? And then, like, clear, like, obstacle and sort of intention. And I think where I have a lot of trouble, too, is sort of the intention of Sun Wu mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know? Because, like I said earlier, where it feels like it's without substance, it isn't always really clear about Sun Wu and sort of like his intention with things. Like you can infer, like obviously he has feelings for Hisu, right? Mm-hmm. But it was never like really made clear that he's like in love with her. I mean, he's he's a guy that's void of personality for one, or like feelings beforehand, and then he's like babysitting her, and then kind of develops something for her. Yeah. And all we have to hinge onto that is like a shot of her curling her hair behind her <laughs> ear. <laughs> or like, right? It's very yeah, it's right? Very sparse. And so if it was well, I mean, there, I mean. Like, you know, like, there's shots of him, like, looking at her while she's playing cello and stuff like that. Yeah. He looks... Like, those moments come back when Mm. he, like, thinks about it, so... But it's, it's like, It's obviously, like, you know, it's obviously him, like, you know, having feelings for her, but I guess to the extent of how much she's willing to, you know, um, act upon that. Right. Right. I just think that, you know, we're going through a journey with Sun Wu, you know, and then he, he takes these actions pretty much to the extreme it would be nice to be more like understanding of what he's like feeling and changing as it's going through rather than having an outsider perspective most of the time, you know? What do you mean exactly? Like, uh, like what moment like, do you feel like is like that moment? And even when he goes on revenge, <laughs> like, I think it's funny that like at the end of it, right. He keeps asking, like, why'd you do that to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's actually pretty clear. <laughs> for the most well, part. Like, I it's mean, hard it's not. It, I mean, you have to kind of like look at it from his perspective, though. It's like right. he feels like he didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not that it's not like he, you know, he went out with the girl. It's not like, you know, he right. explicitly did anything with the girl. He just decided to take care of it his own way, which is exactly what he the boss told him to do. It's just happens that he didn't want to kill the kill the two people right so i think 
in that sense, it's more about like him feeling betrayed by the boss because of the way that he responded to the situation. Sure. Because that didn't match the way that, you know, the boss would have wanted it. Mm. And I think that he felt like his seven years of working under him um, is justified. And so that the way that he took care of the situation, albeit he might have kind of lied to the boss. And that's why the boss might have been mad about sure. the whole thing more more than the way that he took care of the situation. And he al- al- already he knows kind of that he has feelings for Hizu as well, right? Like the boss kind of right like, caught on to that, so yeah. that's the main reason why yeah. the boss is angry at him more yeah. than more so than probably the right right way that he took care of the situation. So like, so for <laughs> so if he, he thinks that the boss went overboard in the way that he is treating him, uh-huh. where he's almost you know he's about to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. He was about to kill him, but if he didn't escape, then he would probably die, right? You know, the boss has that monologue where he talks about an example um, in the past where there's this dude who worked for him. He was close. He was pretty smart. But then, like, you know, he made one mistake and then he had his, uh, um, you know, arm chopped, hand chopped off. Right. And then this time it's not just giving a hand. Right. So basically he's, <laughs> he, he's saying that he was going to kill him. Right. Right. So in that sense, like, if so, like, you have to put yourself in his shoes, like if. You feel that way about the situation if he was about to kill you mm-hmm. after like seven years of working under him and you kind of had that rapport. I don't know. How would you react? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, in that sense, and I I think it kind of goes further into the into the theme of the movie as well, where, yeah, obviously it's about revenge, but it's also about the kind of innocence that the character has, Tonu and the girl as well, and, mm-hmm. and kind of how... By interacting with the girl and by meeting the girl, he kind of finds his own innocence through that. And and the way that he acts, like everything that he does comes from that like pure, like just like almost innocent, like na- naive would be the word, right? Like naive yeah. way of acting and, and, you know, doing going about things, which is just like following his gut instincts or emotions or whatever it might be. <laughs> it's too late to back out now. Yeah, just gotta shoot everybody. Yeah, that's like it's funny that uh, that's kind of an agreement that everybody has too. So like once that, like they all make up their minds at the same time. So like even the boss, even he's like, maybe I did go too overboard, but now we're <laughs> too, too late deep yeah. into it that yeah, I just got too far. I just gotta end him, you know. Yeah. So at that point, it's just like, all hell is gonna break loose by the end of it, you know. I was just saying, like my wishes. I do wish that um, uh. Uh, Sunwoo, I think was a little more clear. Like we, it was a little more like clear pointed about some things as well, mm. or even like, for instance, I probably would have liked it better if it wasn't the boss that pointed out. Like you know, he's like, "Why'd you do it?" Like, do you, it's because you have feelings for Hisu. Thinking it better if like he would have came out himself and like sort of admitted to him, but he's always kind of not saying. It. Yeah, yeah, he's always like reserved about it, you know. Right. So in that sense, I mean that's just like a personal kind of wish, you know. But, right, right, right. But that's kind of where I'm coming from. Um, anything in scenes or any particular that really kind of drawn you? Uh, like there are a lot of scenes, um, with Sanu especially. It's just like his acting sure. and the way that he's able to portray 
this level of like this duality almost of being um this like trying to be all this like cool badass guy as mm. well as like having moments of like almost being a child like in the sense that like sure he has a level of like you know like timidness and uncertainty about him he has no women experience <laughs> not not just that like even when he you know gets captured uh by the gangsters and he gets yeah, tied yeah, yeah. up like he like, like throws up helpless. like he yeah. throws up and then even the other guy the gangster dude he gets like surprised because he's like hey dude you're supposed <laughs> to be a like, professional right, like, yeah. why are you like you know acting like this and i think that kind of goes to show it in like it kind of you know enforces his character as well where it's like there is this level of innocence inside him or like this naivety inside him that you know is playing also with the same like callous out um, outwardly like toughness that he also has where like like outwardly like yeah he's a badass he can kick ass but like inside there's something in him that like still longs for something that's just innocent or like simple yeah and and that you can even like it, it's very prominent in his gaze like the way that he looks at people and the way that he like kind of has almost a face of like, like how could you do this to me like the <laughs> actor did a really good job in yeah. in portraying that and like even the last ending when the credits start rolling and then he's like looking at himself in the window right and he's like starts like shadow boxing yeah like it also kind of emphasizes that like you know almost kid-like sure. nature about him where it's just very simple he's like you know i, I want to just like you know practice right, right, and like yeah. look cool and 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 do that and 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 like he like looks back make sure no one's like watching him <laughs> and he has that about him which is i think the focal point of and and the and the reason why like he got so triggered when sure when everything started spiraling spiraling you know downhill yeah that's a good point. I, like, there is a bit of maybe like narcissism to him in Almost, a way, yeah. Um, but not to like pretend to be a jerk or like mm. to the digit. I mean, so there are times when like he's definitely kind of like right. that. But, I mean, he, but it's he, so yeah. He, I mean, just one point. Like, he yeah. does definitely act like you know, like he's above people, right? right and yeah. he has that like air of like, yeah, like you know, yeah. And then when like the table are turned, he's completely like off guard, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is definitely like feels like the point mm. for sure, because like once, like you said, once everything crashes down and everything kind of spirals uh, downward for him, it's it's like everything his reality is entirely broken, or like rather like his own persona. Like I think he's so in love or so wanting to be a figure of it. Like you said, like this guy who's tough and is kind of maybe above people or who can fight, you know, yeah. in that sense. And then once he's put in these situations that like crumbles him like once he's really helpless like truly yeah in those helpless moments like everything shifts and he's no longer the person that he can be right. you know and it's like coming to reality like like this is just what it means to be like in survival mode yeah, or you yeah, know like yeah. or like as a human when it like comes down to the wire kind of yeah. makes sense you know it's so like the facade that he was previously is completely gone and he has to kind of morph into something else yeah you know what i mean like the, like the one scene that i really like <laughs> in this movie too is when uh sonu is walking with the girl and he like asks her a he's like can i yeah. ask you a question 
and and his question is like you know why did you get with the boss right mm-hmm. like how did you get to <laughs> no, the boss and the, the girl's like why do you want to know like do i have to tell you and he's like no you don't have to tell him you don't want to right like he has that kid-like quality and i think that is infused in every moment after he meets Hizu, right yeah yeah and that like he starts almost rethinking who he is and who he wants to be almost sure and uh like i guess the climax of that is when you know the girl and the boyfriend gets caught by him Mm. And he's about to, you know, call the boss. Sure. And you know, am I loyal? Am I loyal, or, or do I have to be the cool dude <laughs> once more? Right? Like he's like, man, like, and he's almost like it's so funny because it's like almost like he's the parent and the two like, like right, exactly. the kids that yeah. got caught by the parent, right, or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, it's like completely framed that way. Yeah. And it's so funny because he at that moment has the power to be the savior or be the destroyer of sure. her life and his life so he tries to be the cool dude and and tries to be like yeah i'll be the savior but things don't turn out the way that he wants it to <laughs> like maybe not even like he, he just doesn't want you know to see her go in a way like exactly you know, he just yeah. can't get past yeah, yeah her yeah. in a sense or whatever like, but, he, yeah he can put himself to harm her and uh, yeah, you know the, that innocence that I was talking about kind of comes into play there. You right. know, like he wants to keep that almost innocence alive, even if it might not be true. You know, sure. Yeah, no, it's funny. That's his kind of that parent-like attitude is definitely his relationship to with everything. Yeah, yeah. Even with you know, at work, he's kind of there's like the boss, and then he's like, but I'm the real boss. You yeah, because he like he tells me what to do, and then mm-hmm. I delegate everybody else. And there's this, like, the back and forth between him and uh, Moonsook, who's, yeah. like, the other guy. He's uh, the lower-level boss. <laughs> yeah. The lower-level, uh, the not the bus boss, yeah. but the, the manager, <laughs> yeah. the gangster. The unreliable yeah. uh, co-worker. Yeah, the co-worker. Never trust anything for that guy. You put me in this mess, bro. And Yeah, remember, like, that conversation when they have in the in the alleyway or whatever, uh-huh. where he kind of, when um, someone scolds him, he's like, he scolds him. Or like not doing his job properly, and yeah, like yeah, he pats yeah. him on the shoulder. That kind of demeanor of almost I'm over you, bro. Yeah, like <laughs> do your job properly and right. get on my level, bro. Kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> do better next time, mm. Pat. Pat, get your hand off of me. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's funny. Like in those moments too, I liked probably the most as well is when he does have like that helplessness. Like, when he's kind of captured, there's definitely a clear, like, switch in who he is. And it's it's just, just to see, like, that versus... It's something that caught me off guard because because he is such a tough character yeah. for the majority of the film. And then in the latter half, there's a pretty long segment where, you know, he's, like... Helpless. Helpless. Basically, and, yeah. And then has to go back to, like, you know, kind of being tough and, like, fighting for his life, essentially. Right. Or, like, going back on revenge, you know? He's kind of getting back to that place. Yeah. And so it's interesting to be, to, like, watch his interactions and things of, like, that's definitely not the character that I saw, like, half an hour ago. Or, or you well, know Yeah, I mean? it's not the character that you expected, right? Right. And like, it, but it's it's surprisingly consistent, like, throughout right. the movie, the way that he is. Like, like it's the facade, right? He has yeah, that yeah. facade of, like, the cool dude... I'm, I'm like, I can figure everything out. Like, I have everything under control. Mm. But then, like, every moment, like, once he, you know, once everything starts spiraling down, like, 
every moment he has some kind of problem. Like right, when yeah. he's trying to get the gun, he can't get the gun properly. <laughs> when he gets the um, other gangster boss out into the skating rink and yeah. he feels like he has the upper hand and he gets like stabbed. Like, mm. like there's always these moments where he feels like, you know, he's like has the advantage, but then he actually doesn't or like he sure. gets taken by surprise and he fumbles and, and yeah. like that kind of side of it shows again. <laughs> So it's it's surprisingly consistent in that way. Yeah, it feels like I mean it feels natural. Like it, you're not what we're not what we're watching isn't your average like Hollywood superstar or like Hollywood uh, like superhero. Right, like right? he doesn't get everything his own way. Like right. he has to struggle for it every single time. Yeah, you know? he's not always like winning the right. entire time. You know, he's always losing in a sense. Yeah. Or you know, he's always being injured. Or he's always you know barely coming through alive. Like yeah. you said, just scraping by essentially. Right. And so, I so my favorite scene is definitely the uh, the Russian gun scene. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when he has to, um, like, before he goes on his murder spree, he get, goes to get some guns, and I guess he meets like some other clients, like Russian weapon supplier. Yeah. And then he puts on like he plays a role of working for this nightclub that would be a contact for him. No, no, it's his. It's that. Is his gang? It, it's his gang. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought it was. So basically, else. he was acting like you know he still works for them, and then right. he's trying to procure guns for some kind of job, and he's trying to act like he's trying to play it off, like right, yeah, yeah, like that. You know, he's still there. But the entire time, like you can just see, like more and more, like his he's being like super nervous, and he's just deteriorating, yeah, like yeah. as the situation. And goes the further, gun further. he's fumbling with, like trying to get the gun, <laughs> and he has like one finger's <laughs> gone. So <laughs> his hand is tied up, so you can really only use one hand. Yeah. And as he's teaching him to use a gun, like each time it's even harder to yeah. do, you know. And then up until he gets caught, so he has to shoot him. It's a very like Tarantino scene, almost. Yeah, very like because there's a there's a, like the suspense mixed with like a bit of unsettling humor. Yeah, and then like you know, like the un- like the expected is gonna happen. It's like, going to happen. Him getting yeah. caught is gonna happen, and you're just gruesomely waiting for that moment for that moment to get there. You yeah. know, until then there's like the climax, of everything mm-hmm. going down. So I really like that moment a lot. It was a good moment. Yeah. And um, and I really like, I think probably what I like the most about pretty much after that, once he's going on his killing spree, is the element of like the gun. Like I noticed that, you know, he's sure he's like has hand combat skills, combat skills. Then he gets jumped and he's obviously like helpless and all that seems happens up until like he escapes and he beats like 20 dudes. But once the gun comes into play, he immediately like has a leg up over everybody, right, right. you know, then he goes back to like I'm hunting down like the guy who kidnapped me. And dude finally learned his lesson after getting stabbed by the dude close combat. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm just gonna shoot them first. <laughs> no, I might keep a distance. Yeah. You're over there. Let me shoot them three times first and then get near. Then, you know, uh, like But but he does get this like level of confidence back. Right. Where, like now I you know, now I'm that guy again. Yeah. Um and then that kind of stays a little consistent up until like pretty much the final battle when everybody has guns yeah. after that. Um, so I thought that was really interesting that I was like, oh, there's a clear power like, dynamic, thing. power dynamic shift from previously. Mm. And just for like an element of like adding guns to it. And, and, and like, especially in a time where gangster films or any action films, like guns just feel monotonous mm. or they just feel like 
everyone everyone's just got do it. it. Yeah, you know right? what's funny because like in the very beginning, um, scene when uh his partner his partner has the gun. Yeah, so I was confused. I, like I, when I went back and saw it, I was like, huh? It's like why I I felt it felt kind of off, you it know, did, like it, because it of that power dynamic that you were talking about, where you know everyone. You know, the, having a gun is such a big deal, it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, where, like, once you have a gun, and it's hard to procure a gun, it feels like, right? Right. And so once you have a gun, and it is hard to procure a gun in, in Korea, Korea, obviously. Yeah. But um, once you have a gun, you have this upper hand. But then in the very beginning of the scene, the yeah. guy, his his partner, he has a gun already. So it kind of lessens that, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. I, want, I don't know if that's, like, a simple production mistake where yeah. he's, like... We're gonna have this cool fight scene to start off, and, and the guys kind of weak, so let's just get yeah, yeah. a gun kind of thing. <laughs> and then we make it like a big deal later. Like you just forgot about it, yeah. and then as production went on, you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna oh yeah, I, I agree." Like if that wasn't there, it would have been better right. for the film in in terms of consistency of, of mm. like the power dynamic. But I mean, so in my mind, though, like the way I can see it justified is because so that character's name is Mingi, yeah. which is like his partner whatever that helps him and he like he's like his subordinate more kind of yeah yeah. so after he gets captured he's the first contact that he makes once he's free right with the right and they i don't know i guess he gives him the money for the gun presumably so i'm assuming he gives him the contact for where they get the guns and then that would make sense that makes sense sense, to it you know what i was kind of confused about towards the very end (laughs) For a second, I thought it was like Min Gi that went and shot him with the revolver oh, that killed him. The guy, yeah. Because I forgot who that guy was. And then I realized, oh, it was the guy who came back to give like the next supply of guns to them. He's the brother of the guy that he killed. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. You oh. know, the the boss of the gun owner. Right, like, yeah. He's a gun owner. Sure, sure. And then he's probably the brother the of brother the gun of that guy. Yeah. Okay. Gun so, distributors or whatever. So I missed that connection then. Yeah. But I was really trying to figure out what the significance And then, you know, like how he goes to gun dealers and then he sees like the blood yeah, and yeah. sees everyone dead. He's like, <gasps> yeah. Who is that guy? Yeah. But yeah, I do feel like it's kind of weak though, right? Like he just came out of nowhere and like. It did, yeah. It's, it's, but then I think the reason why they put him in there is because of like trying to portray that cycle of vengeance or like cycle of sure. violence and cycle of uh, revenge. Classic. Thing where like, you know. <laughs> If you have revenge, somebody, somebody's always gonna. It's have just a cycle, kind of yeah. Like, trying to show that cycle, right? Which is why they put him in there, but it it does feel kind of like what the heck? <laughs> like he just, yeah, like yeah. literally one phone call and then some random dude comes in <laughs> and he just starts shooting like everyone after. So it's kind of. Yeah. It did feel like a random addition of a character. Like right. oh, it, there's another. Like, I I get what they were trying to do, but sure. it's like. On top of it, kind of feels a little like tacked on at the end, you know. <laughs> we just need somebody to kill him, but we don't want it to be the, the bad right. guys. He's gonna have to be. It's that funny guy. because like, I feel like it could, it would have worked the same. Yeah, without him, it would have been with fine. him just like bleeding out yeah, and yeah. dying, right? So I'm just like, it was drawn out anyway. <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of like, did you really need that guy to like wait there? And, until he has his own like monologue and everything, and then shoot him. <laughs> he was dead long before that guy would have showed up. You really don't get any context. Oh, well, you don't get yeah context of who he is. The right. guy that comes to shoot him really. So it's like, <laughs> what did you think of the ending? Oh, uh, like which part? <laughs> it drags on for so long. And you're like, well, that's <laughs> my point. That that's that is definitely a qualm of mine. I was like, is there ever like a? That's period funny because you know part? like when. Um, they, the boss and Sonu have the dialogue. Uh-huh. 
they kind of basically go in circle. It's like, why did you do it? Exactly. And then yeah. he goes, you know what? It had to be done. And then he's like, yeah, well, this is the end for us. And then he's yeah. like, but then he's like, he's like, but he's like, I don't. He gives us some BS excuse, and then somebody was like, "No, but why did you really?" Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like, bro, I'm like, not gonna tell you, and you're not gonna tell me. Does there always have to be a meta context. Yeah, to, that's um, the part that's like, I feel like they ran out of like good dialogue to use <laughs> because the whole point of it yeah. is like, you know, to kind of hide that, right? They don't want to tell each other right. the reason why. So well, what gets me is like. Like okay, like 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 you expe- explained before, which is fine. That you know he he feels backstabbed for getting captured because he felt like, you know, sparing the lives of his mistress and the boyfriend isn't substantial enough to like for what he got put through. Right, you know, right, right. But like, and then he asks why, and like acts like why you really did it. Like, I mean, like service of like you know, like you you know like, how you were given the mission. You said like you knew what the consequences were when you did it, right? And you know how ruthless he is, anyways. Yeah, right? like, like you did work with the guy yeah, for like six years. He you know? made you cut off the other dude's arm too, like right. you know. So, like I think you, like he definitely knew full and well the consequences and or what might happen, right? Right. He knew the stakes of what right. was going to happen, yeah. you know. So why X? Why exactly? You know, in a way. So yeah, exactly. So I, I had the same thought too. It's like at that point. It's not a matter of why, right? It's, it's like, let's get like, to it, bro. Yeah, let's like <laughs> you've already made the decision. Yeah, and I think that ending dialogue is more like they kind of wanted some kind of closure between the two characters, sure. but didn't have, There's you none. know, because literally they say the same thing that they said when he was in the rain in the mud, exactly sitting, you know, yeah. like exactly the same stuff. So yeah. it's like, just flipped. did you really need that again? Yeah. There, like it's not like it's not adding. As much as you know, you think you want there yeah. in terms of dialogue. So, yeah, I do agree in that sense where it's like it's redundant. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the same thing over and over again. I would have just been like him, just shoot him. Like when he when like <laughs> when the boss was telling him like all his like stuff. Like while he was saying, he should just shot him. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I would have made him much more like yeah. Like I'm over this. <laughs> like <laughs> this is the end. Right. Right. I mean, because the movie. The movie already makes clear, like, there's no backing out of this, right. essentially, you know. So then why look for, a, you know, an excuse or a way out or whatever. Right. But, yeah, it it just adds to, you say, like, the drawn-outness of the conclusion of it, you know. And then, like, sure, the final shootout scenes happens, which is fine. Like, that whole action that happens. And then once he gets, like, by the end of that, he gets shot a few times. So clearly mm-hmm. he's going to die. Like, clearly, you know, that guy's going to die. And then, then it just prolongs like that, and then the other guy shows up, and then there's that, and then there's a bunch of flashbacks between him with like, oh, he sued. I think the flashback was fine if it was like faster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. if that happened, or he had to like call her, yeah, like and then, all like, that. Then die afterwards, yeah. And then sure, it's cool. He sends her the. It kind of felt line. like there was like three endings, right? Like it's like, yeah, exactly. Him yeah. killing. Him killing the boss is one. Yeah. Him reminiscing about Hisu is another. Yeah. And then the disciple master thing is another. <laughs> like, there's like three. Yeah. And then, like, the end, end, which is, it goes back to the. Him. Oh, yeah. There's, so there's like, four. Four, yeah. Please, four, yeah, the foreshadow, uh, shadow boxing. The shadow boxing. Not foreshadow, but uh, I think it's in the past, right? Yeah, probably. And then, then the Reddit scroll. But, like, I was like, 
like what like make the point already you know right like it was like put a period at the end it, of this. It, i think it would have been better if if they stuck with one theme right, right? like it is a revenge like there's part of that but like i think at the end they wanted to like emphasize the you know the cycle of revenge sure. and which is why they added the guy right obviously yeah but then if they kind of stuck with like the theme of like innocence something like that right then it and just stuck with that one thing uh-huh. and kept that as the because basically what the um the monologue about the disciple and the master and what they talk about yeah. is basically about this almost innocence of the disciple where he wishes he had something but he can't he can never get it and that's sure. kind of like breaking of the innocence right like he's kind of coming to reality and understanding that you know that's something that he can never get and mm-hmm. he's coming to terms with that right so if that was the main theme, you know, like he, they could have just stuck with one right, instead yeah. of like also having the revenge thing and then kind of like prolonging this ending longer. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have like, I think the movie does make a main point of like that is their main theme, especially right, it, with it, yeah. having the last shot being him shadow boxing and kind of enjoying himself in a weird way. And also like way. he's who, uh, yeah, reminiscing about that. But I think they could have even done away with that because I think their point was made clear. Like we get the shot when you know he gives her the red uh, lamp mm. that she you know she wanted, and then she receives it, and then it kind of obviously you can connect the dots in that way. Like I think that does it fine. For, yeah, for wrapping that up. I mean, personally, I like the reveal of him smiling at the end. You know, like uh, that would have been a nice end too. Like just a, a reveal of him. You know, like he's yeah. sitting in the chair. And then in the in the cello, you know, mm-hmm. studio area. Oh yeah, oh, and, see, I and, forgot about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Like, if that was the ending, I would have liked that too. Like where it's that like sense, yeah. they zoom into the back of his chair, and then there's the reveal of like right. her smiling while he's like you know closing his eyes yeah. and like listening to the music. She smiles, and then he like like you know, right. He also like looks back, and then he smiles. And if they ended it like that, that would have been that'd have been great. Nice ending yeah. too. That would have made for a more straightforward ending. Right, you know, right. rather Because, like, I mean, the last one, like I said, it kind of goes back into him as a theme, you know? Right. Which is, I mean, fine. The but master and disciple thing is, like, very introspective. Whereas, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whereas the uh, he's who, that moment is a lot more, like, Straight, outward. Yeah, yeah it's, straightforward. it's more in the story, like, obviously he did it because of her sort of thing. Yeah. Know? And it goes back to that. So, but like I said, it, it, there is just too many pieces that they, that are trying to, like, wrap up. And it takes a little right. too long, you know. They could have gotten away with some things, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. It, it's. I think it is something where once you have like a lot of ideas like percolating inside of you, sure, you kind of want to like use all of them, right? Right. And so I think maybe the director was also like that, where like he had like these ideas like kind of percolating, and he's like, "I'm too far in." Oh, like this might be a like cool thing to do and this might be an interesting to add and this might be another interesting to add and right. he ha- you know, adds one thing and another thing and another thing mm-hmm. he, and, and it bloats the ending a little bit right? and I think that's what kind of happened here yeah because at yeah. the same time you can't let one go either right Cause he doesn't you, want to yeah well you, you I mean because we talk about you can't like you have to wrap things up right so you can't like leave an end loose. By well, the end you of never it. needed that guy coming. That's what I'm saying. Revenge, right? But it was too late. <laughs> like he's in the movie. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, before he made the movie, yeah. obviously. In the, if we're talking like in the script, like you didn't need that guy. Right, right. Like, exactly. That's, that's the thing. Like, like there are certain things you have to think about. Like, 
is this necessary for the script or like right. what is the core central theme of the script and and do i have enough breathing room for the audience to take in everything yeah or is it too much for the audience to take in mm -hmm. and then it's a very fine balance and it's a it's also very um relative it's a sure. very relative thing right yeah, it's like yeah. you can't really measure that yeah in like a very objective or like you know numeric empirical way so it's not something that you you could just be like, oh yeah, he should have done this or he should have done that because right. you can't really know that until the movie actually is playing in front of you. Sure. Right? I feel like right, mm. you can get a sense of that, I'm sure, like while you're writing the script. But but again, it still is a little relative, right? Yeah. You can't fully you know yeah grasp what that might be. So yeah, like I said to you, I mean, you could have like easily it happens a lot. Like you're just you're overflowing with so many ideas and so many things that you want to point out and say that like by the end, like, you know, what you get is maybe something a little bloated, but once it's there, it is kind of there. But I mean, too, though, like if you think about it in a broad audience scenario, like you kind of have to put that maybe the majority of people aren't going to think about it that hard. You yeah, know? I don't think so, especially because he like the that character who enacted the revenge at the end felt so non, you yeah. know, was there for two scenes. Yeah, and was easily forgettable. Yeah, which so. makes it feel like the theme is not really emphasized as much. Right. Whereas, you know, if the cycle of vengeance was somebody we've seen the whole time, then mm -hmm. it might have been more, you know, emphasized. Right. So yeah, like yeah, that's why I think too. Like in a sense, like it's a little, like it is a little much like even for the introspective thing like i think yeah. what they're really going for i think it's it's a little hard to see it watching this movie because i think you really kind of have to point it out a little bit in a way anything else it's also because i you know i've watched this more than you exactly <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah that's another thing it's where like i've had more time to like stew hmm. <laughs> tap 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 you know watch <laughs> it a few times and kind of see the nuance of certain scenes or right you know seeing the characters act a certain way and seeing that again and again yeah. and like seeing the little nuances of what's happening so you know taking that and interpreting that my own way sure is much easier when you've done it four times whereas when, <laughs> you know, the, first, the first time you watch it you don't really think of that you know so it's that, that it's that fresh like view and fresh Im impression mm. that's the most raw and i think that's a good perspective to see too it is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a blessing for a first and a second watch. Yeah, like sometimes you want that back, right? Like if it's sure, a really yeah. good movie, you're like, man, I, I wish I, I, you know, <laughs> erased all my memories and watched this again. There's plenty of Fresh movies eyes. I want to just erase from my mind and like rewatch, just right? be in awe of again. Exactly. Like, I can't believe this exists. Exactly. I can't believe this exists. And after a while, like some some of them are like stay like whoa, but others are like. It's funny because it's like some of them, it's like the more you watch, the more you're like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then other ones, like the more you watch, you're like, oh wait, loopholes and problems <laughs> and, and plot holes, I should say. Why'd I go back? <laughs> I hate give myself. Me, give me my first memory back. <laughs> you know? I was so blinded by naivety. <laughs> exactly. There was so much in the world. So it's like funny. So when I watch this movie, so... Sun Wu is played by Lee Byung Hung. Yeah, and for anybody, well, everybody's freaking watching Squid Game now. He's in there, yeah. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor. And 
So like the reveal comes like later. Have you seen Squid Game? No. You watch it all? No. Are you gonna watch it? I will, but I mean it's fine if you spoil okay. it or whatever. But um yeah, so like his character doesn't reveal till later, and I was like, oh, that guy kind of looks familiar. <laughs> and then th- I this was before because I finished Squid Series before I watched this, um, and then I watched the movie. I go, hold up, I know that guy. He's he's younger here. That dude. But as that guy, <laughs> yeah. To me, I call him. The Korean Mads Mikkelsen. Oh. Doesn't he look like Mads? Kind of. Right? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Especially, like, now when he's older, he, he, um, he definitely resembles him a lot. He, who would be a good, like, Hollywood almost counterpart to him? Like, oh, you need a, <laughs> you need a Korean Death Stranding? I got your guy. <laughs> I got your dude. He's pretty. I mean, he's he's like top star in Korea. Hollywood legend, Korea. He was, legend. you know, he did the I think GI Joe, as well really? <laughs> in America. Yeah, I did not know that. I gotta say, probably only seen the movie like once. That's why. And uh, he did. Uh, I think it was Red. I think it was the name with Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, that came out like too. a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that. That's my little. But there's a lot of top E-list actors in this movie. Yeah. Like um, you, like the uh, like the gangster dude, the other gangster boss dude that stabs um, oh, Chanu. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's uh, Hong Jong-min. He's a huge actor in Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, even the... Uh, the you Korean guy who speaks Russian. The Russian, yeah, he's yeah. he's famous he's too. Huge. Uh, obviously, the uh, the gang boss is really famous as well. Yeah, the girl is famous too. Shinina mm. is a famous actress now too. <laughs> now, well, even more now. I mean, she, she then she was kind of like young. Yeah, yeah. So like she was up and well, she's not. She wasn't really up and she was pretty. She was like on her. Yeah, okay. rise at that moment. Like and then coming of age to A-list. A lot more, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was in 2005. Was and then the time. the guy who was the subordinate of Sanu, the guy, oh, yeah. <laughs> basically gets his uh, head bashed in <laughs> on the table by the boss. <laughs> he, he's, uh, he got bigger, too. So, like, everyone in this movie, you know, got big. They put some money in this Surprisingly. movie. Surprisingly. <laughs> They were probably a lot cheaper back then. Probably, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, this is 05. This is a, a long time cheaper. ago. Like, I don't know who you guys are, but yeah. you want to be oh, in the movie? Oh, one thing that I also wanted to mention was the music. Mm. Um, and, and and the reason why uh, I was talking, remember you said um, he was the director of The Good, Bad, and, and The Ugly? Like, yeah. if you listen to music, you can kind of s- hear the similarities. in Because, like, there's a lot of... Uh, Guitar, use of guitar and use of like mm. classical music and use of, um, yeah, guitar especially. That kind of uh, is similar to um, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly as well. Like the kind of motif, especially when he's about to like um, go ham and stuff like that, <laughs> <laughs> right? I got to go back and uh, listen to this too, but I can kind of see. I think it's funny that... Like, there's a lot of classical music in this film. Yeah. But even early 2000s Korean films, I feel like are have a very, like, obsessed with classical music. Not even just, like, early. They still do use a lot of classical music mm. in general. Yeah. 
because I, I feel I do feel like the last few early like I think people. one of the reasons why they might use a lot of classical music is because um, it's not copyrighted, uh, so they can they can produce classical music right. and then use it, you and know, just like do it. Yeah. Um, instead of I mean, obviously, if they use somebody else's like already produced cl- classical music, they have to use it, but. Sure. If they produce it but again, if it's old on, on the on themselves. <laughs> and classical music is <laughs> like, you, no one has like the rights to <laughs> the music, right? I guess because it's like orchestral and yeah, like unless like it's that. like you know, like or like the orchestra sure. did it already, and yeah. then you're borrowing their version of it. Uh, but if they do it themselves, right? If they yeah, then it doesn't really. Then you know, like it's like that makes sense. Yeah. Like we're gonna do our version of like Bach, right? And you do that, but it like, sounds the same. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> like it's the same music, <laughs> just recreated by everybody. Right? It's a different orchestra that they hired to play yeah. it and do it. And I guess it makes sense. Maybe I mean that's just a theory of mine, but <laughs> I don't know if it's true. Speculation. But yeah, there's a lot. Like I mean, even Ditto too. Like was extremely, mm. extremely heavy on classical film. But that's an interesting connection. Uh, next week we will be watching Mr. Six. This is a. Uh, that was Mr. Seven. No, nah, no, nah. <laughs> it's not a lucky number. It's a bad number. It's a gang number. You know what I mean? I think this is a Hong Kong film, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it came out in 2015, directed by Guan Hu. Um, yeah, I've only seen this movie once. And it's been a long time since I watched it too, so I'm pretty sure to kind of revisit it. You said 2015. 2015, yeah. I saw it in 2016. I remember that. Um, so I'm pretty pretty excited to revisit this film and see if I still feel how I felt way back when. Um, yeah, I think it'll definitely continue the trend of interesting gangster films. But yeah, but there's that. So this is six next week. Yeah. See you then. Peace. Bye.